0: glory glory what a hell of a way to fly glory glory what a hell of a way to fly glory glory what a hell of a way to fly the hawk will never die welcome back it is our final episode of the season of season two of hawk hill focus our championship recap episode joining me today well i am commissioner kyle Brandis here with you joined today by Deputy Commissioner Sam Robinson and Hawkeye Focus Showrunner David Powis. Sam, David, how are you guys doing today?
1: I'm good. You know, reflecting on what was a uh, interesting season of SJU fantasy football. A lot of lessons as a GM, a coach um, that I learned personally, and you know, just as a general uh, Deputy Commissioner. You know, some growth. I got to play Commissioner for a week um, while Kyle was away. So.
0: And you did a great job. You did a great a lot job. Of, you
1: know, a lot of positive takeaways despite the disappointing uh, team finish. But, you know, I'm reflecting on the, the season that has now passed. David, what, what about you?
2: I'm doing all right. Um, I'm sad to see the season go. I feel like you get you get all worked up about the playoffs, and then you forget that that means that the season's almost over, and then the season's gone just just like that. Um, I feel like it was just yesterday. It was – August and we were we were getting all excited for the draft. So sad to see it go. Um but uh I love really to watch just, it leave. Just that's true. I, I do love to watch it leave. Um really just just excited to to talk about um our winner. Who, yes. who knew?
0: We, we we do have a a champion now, but before we get into the championship matchup, I just want to uh on behalf of all all of Hawk Hill Focus in the SJU of FL just express our thoughts and prayers for Damar Hamlin. That was just a terrifying situation on that, watching that unfold on Monday night football. Um, glad to hear that he's doing better and he's now back in Buffalo. Um, seems like he's doing pretty well, so hopefully that can just continue. And uh, hopefully he can keep fighting and maybe even make his way back to the NFL. That would be great to see couldn't say it
1: better myself you know for all the fun and seriousness that we put on fantasy football obviously that uh subsides to when you know legitimate health concerns and human problems occur and uh so we do this all for fun and games demar hamlin does it for his life um so we're grateful for obviously the medical staff and the people involved for making sure that he got right um Glad to hear that he's recovering well. It's a long road ahead for him and we're wishing him all the best. Whatever we, want, we can do here at Hawk Hill Focus
0: to support DeMar, that's what we're going to do. We're there. We're here. We're here. Whoever needs him. But, uh, yes, yeah, so there was a championship played. It was between two teams who we never thought might make a championship in their whole careers in this league. The All-American Bite Eaters and Jim Elliott went up against the Columbus Curve. And Nick Mandarano. And in a matchup that we had to wait a little longer for it, but it's now final by a score of 101.02 to 71.7. 7. Your 2022 SJU FFL champion is the All-American Bud Eaters, Jim Elliott. Who would have ever thunk this would happen? Me. Really? I picked him and pick him, didn't I? Yeah, that's fair. I picked him as well. Jim so is I, him. Hashtag Jim is him. I picked him and pick him as well. We'll get to that later. But, uh, you yeah, know, Jim really dominated this one start to finish. I think, you know, he had three big, three big players on his team. Pat Mahomes put up uh, 30.52 points. Helped out by Jarek McKinnon, who I believe had two, two receiving touchdowns that day. So obviously, there's two help each other. And then the Jaguars defense put up a solid 16 points against the Houston offense. Um, Sam, David, what did you guys think while watching this championship game unfold? You know, well.
2: Oh, David, you want to go first? Go for it, David. I'd love to. Thank you, Sam. Um, very kind. I just want to say, um, I think at some point in the middle of the season, we talked about a lot about Nick's team. Um, and Nick's team was and continued to be basically Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry played well, I think Nick had a good chance because his receivers were solid. Um, and Burrow obviously usually was pretty consistent at you know top at least minimum top five QB week in week out. Um, so I think hearing Derrick Henry wasn't playing for the championship week was always going to be a problem for um, for Nick. Um, that being said, his team was ass and I mean, hot ass, I mean, obviously Joe Burrow in the, in the continuation game, or, or I guess, just in week 18 for, you know, for our championship, he was not very good. Only 13 points. Um, David Montgomery was a real letdown against a really bad lines run defense. Um, you know, his Eagles receivers did well, but really that's it. Um, Terry McLaurin wasn't good. Evan Ingram wasn't good because Evan Ingram stinks. Um, and I mean, on Jim's side of things, Mahomes played well, Chubb did just enough. Um, and Jarek McKinnon just continues to terrorize this league, um, with receiving touchdowns that I'm putting up production that he has no business putting up. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, from a point standpoint, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, this is a pretty appropriate championship matchup because this entire year, We've just had matchups that were just blowouts. So it's only fitting that we'd have a 30-point championship matchup. Um, so congrats, Jim. Um, I still think you kind of fell ass backwards into this. But, uh, hey, you're, you're on the trophy before I am. So I guess I can't I, I can't say too much, can I?
0: I can't, I do want to can't ch- tell him nothing. I do want to chime in real quick before Sam gives his thoughts that uh, because of what happened in that Bills-Bengals Monday night game, what we did was any players that were starting for either the Bills or Bengals, we just took their Week 18 scores and applied them to the championship matchup, which took place in Week 17. Uh, so for anybody outside the league who listens to the show, that is how we handled the situation there. Um, Sam, I believe you had some thoughts on the game.
1: Yeah, this one was uh, – I don't know if perplexing is the right word. I feel like usually when I do a fantasy football, you know, matchup analysis – the main positions I look at are, you know, RB1 and 2 and wide receiver 1 and 2. That's usually your stars, your core, your best players, you know, the whole the whole gambit. You, you can usually assume that in a championship game, you know, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, you expect a, a competent, I should say, effort between the two of them. Obviously, one might outmatch the other. They're both extremely talented, though, and that could be any given week. Uh, Tight ends, as we know, can kind of be a crapshoot. And then flexes, obviously, really just goes into roster depth. What I found interesting is that Nick's core of that RB 1 and 2 and wide receiver 1 and 2 actually outscored Jim's this week, which, again, is usually a recipe for success, but also a testament to how ass the rest of Nick's team was and how good, you know, I guess that supporting cast of players was on uh, Jim's side. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes outscores Joe Burrow handily, um, which obviously kind of swayed this point differential, probably the most. Um, but those 16 points for the Jaguars defense can't be ignored when compared to the Buccaneers five. Um Greg Zerline did outscore Tyler Bass, whatever that's worth. And, you know, out of those flex tight end roles, you know, a good, a healthy point differential. I'm not going to do the fast math real fast, but it looks like at least a five-point plus difference advantage Jim there so just a a neat little takeaway for me um neither of those positions i think really packed a punch they were both combining for under 40 points which is less than 10 points per those skill positions which isn't great um but again jim had enough of a supporting cast which kind of has been his story all season leaning on guys more so like patrick mahomes you know we always talk about the two tight end system but you have two very talented tight ends and T.J. Hawkinson, George Kittle, and, you know, you got the Jags D in a matchup against Houston who, for, you know, whatever, just decided to give up on the season, obviously. it's a lot of bad teams do at the end here, so they took advantage of that and got some major points, so good for Jim. Congratulations, Jim. Hashtag Jim is him, and uh, yeah, I mean, nothing, I guess, too exciting that you can get into due to the somewhat blowout fashion here.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking back even at last season's championship, too, you know, Larry, we've said it here before, you he rode the waiver wire, waiver wire to a championship. Um, looking at some of the guys on Jim's roster here, yes, they didn't do as well this week, but he still picked them off off waivers and they were effective assets for him. Uh, obviously, Jack McKinnon during his playoff run, you know, touchdowns and six straight games at the end of the season, as well as Zay Jones. He had some really big games for Jim, helped him win to get to the playoffs here. Um, Does this just prove for the league that waiver wire is definitely more important than what you do on draft day?
1: Yeah, I would say yes. I think, um, you know, there's a, there's a wise saying across fantasy football that you can't win your league on draft night, but you can lose it. I did that this year. I lost on draft (laughs) night um, thanks to a couple of high draft picks that didn't really pan out. And for a lot of other people, it was yeah, like you said, Kyle. It's free agent waiver wire pickups that really contribute midway through the year. You know, Jarek McKinnon obviously is kind of the the poster child of it this year. So yeah, I definitely would prioritize waiver wire over uh, over draft.
2: Yeah, I think I I I agree. I think, I mean, you just think about it logically. When you when you pick guys for your team in late August obviously you're projecting a lot of what a lot of what's going to happen i feel like those first couple of rounds generally you might lose them if you miss out on on some big guys like things just don't go your way but really i think where you where the draft becomes a crapshoot is really once you get past like round four really because you're 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 doing a lot of projecting of guys who you think are going to have bigger roles in their offense than than they did previously or you think are going to you know bounce back from a bad season or something um so obviously, acquiring players as the year goes on, you have a much clearer idea of okay, this is what this guy's role is. This injury happened, so like this guy's going to get very clear playing time. So as things get clearer, I think obviously, I think acquiring players via the waiver wire makes the most sense. But I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, did, do either of you know who had the most acquisitions this year?
0: Ah, uh, shit, wasn't it? Was it Sean or Larry? One of those two. Sam?
1: I would say Larry's my usual guest.
2: So it was it was Sean. And okay. he had he had forty nine acquisitions. Next closest was not Larry. It was me, wasn't it? It was you. Yeah. At time. Um, you had thirty eight. And then Matt. Uh wait, no, Sam, you had next most at thirty six. Makes sense.
0: Trying to mm-hmm. it, can somebody
2: adjust. guess who had the least? Jim. Jim. Nick. Julie. Julie. Julie had the least, next least was Gil. Julie had seven, Gil sense. had nine.
1: That explains um, why Julie went from wagon to fell off wagon tier.
2: That's mm-hmm. My uh,
1: Gil's team was bad all year long and he had one win and it was against
2: me. You know, and and our our two champion our two championship got, uh our matchup of the championship. Nick and Jim. Nick had twelve. Jim had twenty. They were both on the much much lower end of our uh, waiver wire, you know, pickups. So I don't know. I think I also think sometimes maybe you overthink things. You know, Sean has forty nine pickups. Sean, no, overthink things. Maybe you're overthinking things a little bit, Sean. I don't know. Well, we had talked
1: about this pre-show, too, I guess, back to the overthinking part. And Jarek McKinnon, I think, is a perfect example of that, where Jim picked him up prior to week 11, we said. Yes. And in weeks 11 and 12, he had .4 points and then 2.6 points, I guess, to his credit. Didn't overthink it. Held him on the bench because he probably had no one else. You know, in a typical waiver wire fashion, I feel like all of a sudden that's an expendable piece where you're almost just picking someone up because you've written off Jarek McKinnon. And despite Jim starting him those two weeks where he was doing poorly and continuing to keep starting him, which may have not been my move, I, you know, if I was going to keep him, maybe I'd bench him. But I also didn't know what the roster construction looks like at that point. The fact that he did keep him, didn't overthink it, that worked. So maybe there is a method to the madness where some of us go too far one way, some people don't go far enough the other way.
0: Yeah. You know, Jim did a great job of having conviction about the guys that he picked up on his uh, free agency. Um, last thing, I, at least, I want to touch on for Jim's team, I'll say. Uh, Nick Chubb gets his fifth straight championship in the SJU FFL. Yeah. Now, how is this man doing it? How Congrats. is he willing these teams to victory every year?
1: You know, I'll tell you what. As someone who had Nick Chubb on a championship roster, his impact on the locker room was impeccable. Um. I guess, was I his first? You were his first. You bought the championship. Don't you feel good
2: about that, Sam?
1: I do feel good about that. Um, I was always... He'll always... I'll always be his first. Um, his first championship. championship. And watching the way that he's progressed over these years, you know, within the fantasy locker rooms, there's something to be said about a good floored player. You know, we talked like, oh, Nick Chubb had an all right week. He had 11.6 points. That's not a good week. I mean, not a great week, I should say. It's a good week. Mm-hmm. And... That's realistically what you can expect from Nick Chubb is, at the very least, a good week. He had one, he had one two, three, four single-digit point weeks this entire season.
0: And one was a 9.9. 9.
1: Yeah, one and one was a 9.9. 9. So, I mean, it's also funny because he had zero touchdowns the entire year, other than week 18, which obviously we didn't count his point total for that.
0: That's his receiving touchdowns.
1: Oh, that's the receiving touchdowns. My apologies. Um, No, he had a couple of touchdowns mixed in the next day. All right, well, he had one receiving touchdown all year, so that's funny. Um, well, yeah, touchdowns. not a ton. It wasn't a big touchdown year for Nick Chubb either. Um, He started off hot in the beginning of the year. He had a couple of weeks where he was just rattling them off. but the back half of the season, he was rather quiet, but, again, still productive. So there's something to be said about guys with, I guess, higher floors, not the highest ceiling in Nick Chubb. His highest point totals entire year was – Looks like 29 points in week two. So good for Nick Chubb. The floor is important. I think that's the uh the main takeaway there.
0: Yeah, Nick Chubb's definitely going to be a guy that Jim has to look at keeping in uh 2023, I think, for a first-round pick.
2: You know, my my last note on Jim goes back to the just the resiliency that Jim as an owner showed this year. Do you guys remember? the saga of Jim drafting on draft night?
0: I remember it very well. Vividly. Yes, I remember it very well.
2: Look at Jim drafting a chant, an eventual championship roster through that adversity of, of, of where that nice, remember he, he stubbed his toe. Oh, I, remember. I forgot. He, he stubbed, he stubbed his, he toe broke his toe. I mean, this guy, he put in everything he had. I think a piece of his toenail is still on my, uh, <laughs> it's still like like embedded into that into that little uh, thing at the bar there, um, I mean really, Jim. Just just impressive work to to fight through that adversity draft night. Stick to your plan of drafting two tight ends, no matter how many people told you it was very stupid, and maybe still think it's stupid. It worked at the end of the day, but here we are. Draft three. Early.
0: He drafted four, yeah. I
1: think. Uh, or I was say it was at least it was at least three. three. Yeah. yeah well, by
2: two tight end, I mean the strategy of of starting two tight ends week in week out. Okay. We yeah. Obviously, had more on his roster. Um, really, I mean, from draft night on, it was just he just put blinders up, stayed focused. Um. So so shout out shout out to you, Jim. Really. Hope your toes feeling better.
0: Go, Jim, and uh, you know look just. Want to touch on Nick's team real quick. Uh, again, Eagles wide receivers did great for him. That, that seems to be like a prolific offense. We'll see if they can carry that in the next season. Um, Brian Rob- Robinson had 8.7. But other than that, his team really kind of shit the bed in the playoffs. Um, Joe Burrow with his week 18 score, 13.6. Uh, also not that great against the bad Ravens. Bad and injured Ravens secondary. Um do we think this will be the start of something for Nick? Will he be able to keep this momentum rolling and maybe get one move one more step to that championship team next year? I just don't know what Nick's gonna
2: do. Like, I don't know what his plan is keeper wise. I mean, obviously, I believe he's got another year for Derrick Henry, right?
0: Uh I believe he has another two because he drafted him this year. Oh, that's yeah, really? so yeah, he drafted him again. Who had
2: Derek Henry last year?
0: Nick, but that was the last year of his keeper eligibility. So, so
2: Nick is just absolutely monopolizing Derrick Henry.
0: Absolutely. He's had him four straight years now.
2: I thought he did. I thought I remember him having him forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, For the three keepers. So yeah. You know,
2: I don't, I, I don't know. But, you know, there's also year in, year out, it seems like Derrick Henry just can't stay healthy. And obviously he carries the ball a ton, which is just not super sustainable. Um, but I'm curious to see if he if he just leans into the the Eagles Eagles wide receivers strategy, which has seemed to pay off pretty well. Does he want to keep try to keep Joe Burrow? I think he's got a lot of options. I'm I'm very very I'm very interested to see
0: what he does. It's a good problem to have, but also a stressful problem to have. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, yeah. If I had to guess, I think he keeps Bur- Burrow and Henry again personally, but yeah. You know. That's that's one man's opinion,
2: but really, Nick, your team was terrible this
0: week. Yeah, you shouldn't been hard. Really, really, the
2: last know. two weeks it was really bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Sam or David, any last notes you want to touch on this championship matchup before we move on to awards? No, I'm good. All right, before we get into our awards for the week, let's hear. Wait, I'm more. sorry. Up. Oh. I don't want to interrupt anchor. Wow, you just did. You just did, but
2: continue. I'm really sorry. Anchor can go first.
0: No, that's no, fine. We already stopped it.
2: Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry, anchor. Um, is Jim officially the worst record to win championship?
0: What was he? Seven and seven. Larry oh. was seven. Larry was seven and seven last year.
2: Oh, okay, gotcha.
0: So uh, the strategy
2: really moving forward is just go 500.
0: Just go 500. Sneaking back to back six seeds have won the championship.
2: Gotcha. Just want to check.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know who's never a sixth seed? They're always number one seed. For the last time in season two of Hawkeye Focus, let's hear from Anchor.
1: Thank you, Anchor, for always supporting us through thick and thin of the SJU FFL season. Through every loss that my team has endured this season, Anchor stuck by us, and it has stuck by you, our podcast listeners, and us as the host, obviously.
0: You One would say it really held you down.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Anchor. David. I get it.
1: Now, let's, talk, let's talk about something that wasn't held down this weekend. Let's talk about our Fantrax Player of the Week. Now, I think we're all in agreement for all four awards, so these won't take too long. Um, But if you guys don't mind, I will introduce our Fantrax Player of the Week, and that will be Mr. David Montgomery. David had 3.6 points, much like a Fantasy football player that we have in this league. David didn't perform during the playoffs. Dude struggled.
2: Okay. That was just unnecessary. <laughs> there was just no need for that.
1: 3.6 points on six carries, two receptions, no tutties. And for what it's worth in week 18, he also only had 2.1 points, uh, seven carries, 21 yards. Nothing that stats mattered, but he's just been struggling. I don't really have much to add on to it. It was a you know a tough, I guess, matchup against Detroit, who you know they really like playing at the end of the season and just kicking people's butts, so fans get excited for next year, I guess. But tough one for David Montgomery, tough one for Nick uh, to start him, especially obviously with Derrick Henry being out, having to start David Montgomery and getting, you know, three and a half points isn't great.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, as the person who drafted David Montgomery. Um, and traded him to Nick he sucks um he's really annoying because Khalil Herbert would take a lot of his carries and then when the Bears realized that Justin Fields was really good Justin Fields did most of the damage even though he didn't even play um in this game or did he play in this game did he, he did play not. in week 17
0: or did he not play in week 8 he did not play either I think gotcha
2: um yeah David Montgomery stinks he's really really annoying from a fantasy perspective so I was not shocked, and I was a little happy to see him suck.
0: One thing I do want hey, to draft David Montgomery. Sean did actually, yeah.
2: Yeah, you traded for
0: him. I traded for
2: him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm getting my leagues mixed up.
1: And Sean drafted him in the third round.
2: I am getting my leagues mixed up. I drafted him. I drafted him and traded him in a different league.
1: Well, you you did trade for him and then traded him again. So
2: so I traded for him and then traded him away. You never,
1: yeah, yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, I was all up in David Montgomery this year. Yeah,
1: well, it's a good thing he got
0: out. I almost drafted him with the 12th overall pick. Ooh. I drafted Saquon instead.
2: Much better decision.
0: Uh, David, speaking of drafts, I just want to point out really quick. In 2021, you drafted Nick Chubb. Could have had out. a championship. <laughs> had you stuck with him. So, just want to call that out for you there. Is
2: there any re- – like – we had my, like two weeks ago. We did the shit on David thing.
0: No, we're gonna keep like, doing well,
2: it. Can we just stop? No, it's our last episode of the season.
1: You were a hater all year.
0: I was. I, I was. I was. I was, a, I was a hater all year. And That's Pepper true. has made an appearance. Pepper, yeah, Pepper is
1: live on the podcast. Does
0: Pepper want to? Make... Does Pepper want to talk about our bench regret of the week?
1: I don't
0: think so. Uh, no, he's disgusted by it. Um oh, yeah. oh, he's
1: long hmm. at the microphone, folks. Oh. He's got
0: something to say. <laughs> We're all waiting. Okay. And nah, he's gone. All right. Anybody watching the live stream, that was adorable, but yes. Um there weren't really many options for Bench Regret this week. Um, so we just decided to go with Tom Brady on Jim's bench, even though he won. Uh Tom put up a forty-three point six eight point performance. Obviously, still would have gotten Jim the win, uh, but he just could have done it more decisively.
2: Would look uh, better in the record books.
0: Yes, it would. It would look like a lot more, a lot bigger blowout. Probably about a forty-two point blowout there, uh, for Jim. But uh, yeah, Tom Brady, bench regret for no other reason than there not being a better option.
2: Um, yeah, I I agree with you, Kyle. Um, because no, literally nobody on X team was even worth saying? I mean, I guess there are, are probably some guys on his roster that would have been better, but it wasn't going to even begin to, like, yeah, I guess Brock Purdy. That would be Nick's bench regret. Would be Brock Purdy. Um, pick up of the week. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember who we said.
1: We picked the Jags defense and the special teams for their right. 16-point performance. That's right. Against That's right. Texans, if you want to talk about them at all, David.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Jaguars defense, um, not a defense I would anticipate would put up 16 points, but against Houston's offense, it makes total sense to pick them up. Um, and they they dominated, um, especially in a week where Nick started a good defense in Tampa Bay and they couldn't stop uh, anything that Carolina was was throwing at them and only got Nick five points. Going sixteen to five on um defense points is a pretty pretty good recipe for a win for Jim. So uh good job, Jim, picking up picking up the Jaguars defense and good job picking up Jack McKinnon back in week eleven. That's that's actually your pickup of the week. That's your pickup that, of the year.
0: That might be a pickup of the year candidate. I think it might be. Um I think that'll bring us to our last award of the week. Our MVP, our SJU FFL Super Bowl MVP. And I can't think of any better person to give this to than Mr. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the All-American Bud Eaters. Week 17, he put up 328 yards and three touchdowns, along with eight yards on the ground for a grand total of 30.52 points. David, I distinctly remember you saying in the championship preview episode that you did not think Patrick Mahomes would have a good game because he threw three interceptions the last time he played the Denver defense. This time he threw three touchdowns. Uh, would you like to wipe the egg off of your face?
2: No. I'm a man.
0: I'll wear it. Hey, I got on
2: my face. I mean, hey, shout out Patrick Mahomes.
0: He's Patrick Mahomes, number one quarterback in the SJU FFL. Yeah. Sam yeah Angel, he was really
1: good. I mean, I don't really have much color he's a, to add, he's, a
2: good, he's a good football player.
1: Like, really good at throwing the ball to the wide receivers and their running back, Jerry McKinnon. Um, for
0: receiving touchdowns. so Yeah, that was was Jim's uh, strength right there, picking up Jack McKinnon. Because every receiving touchdown he got, Patrick Mahomes also got the points.
2: He did throw one pick, I will just say that.
0: Yeah, but you still thought he'd do worse.
2: All I'm saying is he's thrown four picks in the last five weeks, and all four of them went to the Broncos.
0: Fair enough. We have one more segment that we want to do for this season of Kill Focus, and it is just announcing... Our final standings for weekly pickums. Last week, we all remember that Nick went with, or I'm sorry, David went with Nick, and Sam and I went each went with Jim. Thanks, Nick. So that means that Sam and I went one zero, and David went zero one, meaning that in first place in the pickums is Mister Sam Robinson for the second year in a row.
1: Thank hey, you. It's the only thing I've won these last two years.
0: With a final record of 58 and 31 in second place. There is a tie for second place, which also means that there's a tie for third place. Cause there's only three of us is Sam and I, or I'm sorry, David and I, David and I with a record of 50 and 39, we both come in last place on the season. David, how happy are you to be doing some sort of punishment with me in the off season?
2: I'm very excited to be doing some kind of punishment with you. I'm very upset because I know if I hadn't gotten two O and sixes throughout the season for just forgetting to put in picks, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I would have gone 0 and twelve in those picks. If anything, I think I possibly could have caught Sam. Um You didn't. So I'm disappointed about that. I am very disappointed, but I'm I'm very excited about the prospect of, of doing something with you.
0: Yeah, we'll, get, we'll do we'll do something fun together. We'll yeah. maybe go to an IHOP and eat like a bunch of pancakes or something. That sounds
2: like fun. Wait, hold That's on. Fun. The punishment can't
1: be
0: fun. <laughs> nah, 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 nah.
1: This isn't an excuse for the two of you to hang out together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, want to add in there that our uh, guests of the season, Hulk, hall Hill, focus went six and six this year, so they were five hundred. So, if anything, they should be doing punishment. I agree. And our locks of the week, we finish officially with a record of twenty and nine. Great job, boys. That's better than last year. Well, what a lot was last year. It's a lot better than last year. We absolutely killed it there. Uh uh 690 win percentage. Uh nice. would, have beat, would have beat Sam if we were going by win percentages too. So <laughs> we did a great job with locks of the week. Um, so Sam's not the champion, we all are. Yeah. Well, everyone's a champion in life in this league. Mm-hmm. Even if your name's not on the trophy, which David's name is technically on the trophy. Just want to throw that out there. But uh David, I'll let you go first. Do you have any final words that you want to share with the Hallkill Focus audience for season two?
2: Um, I just want to give my sincerest thanks to all of our loyal listeners, um, even those of you who I know only listen when you win. Rob. Uh, I'm looking at you, Rob, uh, which means you probably aren't even listening to this. Little bitch. Um, but I, I, you know, Kyle, Sam, and I, we, we do we do try pretty hard to to put forward a solid product. I think Kyle and Sam do a great job um, as commissioner and deputy commissioner of this league. Um, I'm proud to represent it behind the microphone. Um, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, and I'm hoping that we uh, have continued success both as a league and a
0: podcast. Thank you, David. I love the hard work that you put in for this show. Uh, and in this league as well. Uh, Sam, would you like to share any words to all kill focus audience?
1: Yeah. You know, thanks for another great season. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, season two is in the books. I can't believe it's been that long already, but yeah, thanks to the listeners. Thanks to the people that are active about it in the discord. Um, Sean for setting up the discord pickums every week, special shout out to him. And uh, yeah, you know, great season. And uh Maybe next year it could be, I guess, a little bit more competitive. Maybe my team could be a little bit better, but we had fun.
0: And that's what counts the most, having fun. Most. Um, I have to echo what David and Sam said. It's uh, it's always a blast doing this show. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to it. Uh, Sam, David, can't ask for two better people to do this show with every week. Uh, so thank you guys for taking time out your busy Tuesday nights to be able to come on here for the most part. That's probably more directed at Sam than David. Um, David, absent a lot this year but we'll fuck yourself it. but uh, you know thank you guys for listening congratulations to Jim on hard, hard fault championship thank you anchor for everything you, you do and have done for this podcast and uh, yeah I think with that for the final time thank you for listening and I will sing us out glory glory what a hell of a way to fly glory glory what a hell of a way to fly
2: glory
0: glory what a hell of a way to fly the hawk will never die